0: Everybody knows heading into this offseason that the big two needs for the New York Jets are wide receiver and offensive line, but there are some other needs, one critical one on offense and even a couple on the defensive side of the ball that can take a good unit to the next level. We're talking secondary needs today on Locked On Jets. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day. This is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Tuesday, February 20th, 2024, and I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe to the show for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you'll get new episodes as soon as they're posted. If you enjoy the show and are listening on the podcast, source, please give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube and enjoy the show, give this episode a big thumbs up. It helps us out, helps other Jets fans find the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account. And use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Well, today we're talking about Jets offseason needs, but we're going past the two needs everybody talks about. And there's a reason everybody talks about offensive line and wide receiver, because these are the two spots that held the Jets back as much as anything did last year. But there are other needs beyond offensive line and wide receiver. That's what we're going to talk about on today's show. Now, the first need I'm going to talk about is probably pretty obvious to you, and it was up there along with offensive line and wide receiver for reasons the Jets failed in 2023 and that's backup quarterback. And I could give you a song and verse about why it was a bad idea to go into the 2023 season with Zach Wilson as your backup quarterback. Part of it's that it just made no sense. If you were following the narrative, the Jets were laying out because the Jets were pretty much selling the idea that well, Zach Wilson needs a couple of years on the bench to reset that, you know, he shouldn't be playing this year. We're going to go out and get Aaron Rodgers because we don't want Zach Wilson to be our starting quarterback. So all that's true if zach wilson should not have been playing in 2023 and if he needed a couple of years on the bench why did you then make him the primary backup one potential injury from rogers away from re-entering the lineup now nobody could have predicted rogers would rupture his achilles four plays into the season but this is not a second guess you can go back and listen to some of the shows i did last offseason, even heading into the summer where I questioned the wisdom of this move and the Jets could have gotten away with it if Rogers had stayed healthy, but it did not make a whole lot of sense. Now I will be brutally honest with you. Part of the reason I focus on wide receiver and offensive line over backup quarterback is I think Zach Wilson shoulders too much of the blame for what happened in 2023. I think if you look at the Jets season, Even Aaron Rodgers may have had issues playing behind that offensive line, throwing to this group of wide receivers. Now, he would have been better. There's no question the offense would have functioned at a higher level, but I think Rodgers would have had issues. You know, maybe he wouldn't, of course, he wouldn't have struggled as much as Zach Wilson, but it would not have been easy. And I think anybody saying that the Jets would have been a Super Bowl team with Rodgers in there with that offensive line and with that receiver group, I think that's highly debatable. I would have to debate that with you. But I would also say that. Virtually any backup quarterback, because when we're talking about backup quarterbacks, we're talking about generally, you know, unless you've drafted somebody to be like the heir apparent, you know, if it, like, a, I don't know, like Rodgers, when they, you know, when Green drafted Rodgers to take over for Brett Favre, when he was sitting a couple of years, or Jordan Love, you know, sitting uh, for Rodgers, unless you have somebody like that, and even Love struggled when he played, the backup quarterback needs to be supported. Backup quarterbacks generally are the product of their surroundings, So I think even if you had a better backup quarterback last year, the Jets would have struggled. Now, that said, if the Jets had a better infrastructure, if the Jets had a better offensive line, and if the Jets had better receivers, and if the Jets had an ideal situation for a backup quarterback, I think it is fair to say that Zach Wilson probably would have held the Jets back to a certain extent. I think Zach succeeded in certain areas last year. I think Zach improved in certain areas. I think he was better reading the defense pre-snap. You saw sometimes he changed plays at the line of scrimmage, things that he was not doing year one, year two. I think you know working with Rogers probably helped him to an extent there. I think that Zach was better standing tall in the pocket. He was not immediately abandoning the pocket the first time things broke down. I think Zach was also hurt by how bad Nathaniel Hackett's scheme was. Nathaniel Hackett's scheme is awful. And I'm going to tell you that because you know the Jets say you know sometimes you'll hear Robert Sala say watch the film Hackett guys are open. I've watched the film. The scheme is awful. That's there's no debate about that as far as I'm concerned. The scheme is miserable. These are things that hurt Zach Wilson. But I think if we're also being honest Zach Wilson does not have a sophisticated sense of coverages, does not have a sophisticated sense of passing concepts. You know, how much of that goes to the coaching staff is up for debate. But even if everything was perfect around Zach Wilson, you know, it, the Jets still could have done better at backup quarterback last year. So I think there are three different avenues the Jets could take. My preferred avenue would be getting a guy who's kind of aging out of being a starting quarterback. And that would be like the Ryan Tannehill, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, category of guys. I know neither of those guys is popular, but I'm not saying bring them in as a start. I think as backup quarterbacks, these guys would still be playing at a really high level. And the advantage to them is they're used to running a team. They're used to being the guy in the huddle. They're used to running, you know, being the quarterback in the meetings during the week. I think there's something to be said for that. And I know, especially with Garoppolo, but also with Tannehill, there are people who are going to say, well, they're injury prone. You know, you're not going to get through a full season with them, then you'll need a third string quarterback. Well, yeah, you should get a third string quarterback who's as good as possible. But we're not I don't think you get a backup quarterback to play the full season. You know, if your starter goes down week one, almost anybody's gonna have trouble. But not every injury is a season season ending injury. More often your quarterback maybe misses a couple of games in the middle part of the season. And the difference between, you know, maybe getting a higher seed and a lower seed or even making the playoffs and missing the playoffs might could be whether you have a quarterback who can manage that situation, a quarterback who can get you through a couple of weeks, and we're talking about like injury-prone guys like you know Tannehill to an extent, and especially Garoppolo, you're not getting them to, to stand up for the full 17 weeks. You're getting them to be able to run the team at a reasonably high level for a couple of weeks to get to a bridge to Rodgers' potential return, hypothetically speaking. The second avenue the Jets could go, and this is also a this is also an acceptable way for the Jets to handle this, go get a proven veteran quarterback, a high end proven veteran quarterback like a Jacoby Brissett or a Gardner Minshew. You know, this, there's a certain ceiling on what they can provide. They bring different uh, skills to the table. Brissett's a guy who's you know, even though the term is really really overused, Brissett is like your prototypical game manager, where he's not going to put the ball into high danger situations. His playmaking ability might be lower. And then Minshew, who's you know a little bit more of a risk taker, but still like more or less understands passing concepts. These are guys who again can re- run your team at a reasonably high level. They're not going to come in with ego. So if you're looking for an advantage over the guys from the first category, I think like the difference between the first two categories is very small, but these are guys who are used to being backup. So you know, when you're when you have a guy who used to be the starter, maybe sometimes they have a little, little bit of an issue adapting to a new role, but I think they still play at a higher level. So I'd still prefer like the guy who's graduated from being a starter. But there's an argument to be made. You know, go get a guy who's used to being a backup because, you know, he'll, he'll understand he's not the guy. He'll be able to run the team for a few weeks. He'll play at a reasonably high level. You know, it, it should work out. The third level, the third uh, category, which I do not think the Jets should go at, is try and get a guy like, and I don't even maybe like a young guy to be the heir apparent to Rodgers. Now, I think the Jets should try and draft somebody this year, and maybe make him the number three quarterback. But the name I've heard a lot is Sam Howell from Washington is that the Jets trade for him. He's the backup, and then he's, he's kind of, training to take over for Rodgers. I think that would be a bad idea because the reason the uh, commanders are going to draft a quarterback at number two is Sam Howell really did not play very well this past season. Look, if Washington's willing to give Sam Howell away and you can stash him away as your third quarterback and try and develop him and see what you can do. So be it. That That's fine. But going into the next season with Sam Howell as your backup, I don't think that that's much better than going into the season with Zach Wilson as your backup. I mean, Sam Howell did not play at a very high level for Washington last season, but, you know for whatever reason there's all these rumblings about the jets being high on him and that's fine again, it's fine if like you give up like a sixth round pick and bring him in and try and train him up and if he works out, it does, if it doesn't, then so be it. but I don't understand the rationale behind it. I think that would be a poor move now I think it's clear the jets will invest big resources at the backup position you know the, my, one of my issues with the jets is that they never address anything until it reaches a crisis point for years, I've been if you're every day or if you're a long time listener, you know, I've been yelling from the rooftops for the last couple of years. Jets need to invest in the backup quarterback spot. It took a season falling apart. And not in not only that, it took a season falling apart in ways that were not entirely the backup quarterback's fault for them to follow through on this. But I think it's clear the Jets could use a new backup quarterback. I think they'll go out and get somebody this year. And it's obviously a priority for this team heading into this offseason. Now, we're going to turn our attention to the defensive side of the ball as we continue on this Tuesday edition of Locked On Jets, because believe it or not, While the Jets have a very good defense, there actually are some holes on that unit, some holes that need to be filled, some holes if they're filled adequately that could take the unit from good to great. And I'll tell you what some of them are as we continue on this Tuesday edition of Locked on Jets. Today's episode of Lockdown Jets is brought to you by Game Time. You know, you should not have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game Time's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And with killer last-minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. I've used it myself. I'm a customer. I buy, I bought a couple tickets to a couple of events just a few hours before they started i bought uh, ticket great tickets to a broadway show i brought bought tickets to the u.s open tennis i bought tickets to the holiday bowl when we had a little bit of a emergency with a nephew wanting to go who we hadn't bought a ticket for game time is so easy to use just to open your phone, open your device Open the app, a couple of clicks, and you're done. None of the extra hurdles a lot of the other ticket providers make you go through. And Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account to redeem code locked on. It's one word with no space. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download, download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen or first watch every day. And a big shout out to you every dayers. This is a daily podcast covering the New York Jets. We have new episodes each day through the week, Monday through Friday. And you should also know when you're done with Lockdown Jets today that Lockdown has launched the first ever National Sports 24/7 streaming channel on YouTube and now it's also available on Amazon Fire TV in the free Fire TV Channels app. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day, with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find Locked On Sports Today, now available on the Fire TV Channels app. Today on Locked On Jets, we're talking about Jets needs that go beyond the ones we always talk about. We always talk about wide receiver, we always talk about the uh, offensive line, and for good reason, these are areas that desperately need to be addressed by the New York Jets. Now, a lot of people are also focused on backup quarterback, which we discussed in our first segment, but... Believe it or not, there actually are a couple of needs the Jets have on the defensive side of the ball. And one of them is on the defensive line. And you might be saying, John, that's crazy. Jets have a lot of good defensive linemen. I mean, the Jets are about to let Bryce Huff walk out the door and they don't seem that worried about it. And you'd be right. But the Jets, where most of the talent lies, is at the defensive end position. Now, you may say, well, John, they got Quinn and Williams. It's pretty good. Yeah, you'd be right about that as well. Quinn and Williams, arguably still the best player on the team. I think I might go Sauce Gardner, but. There's a debate to be had that Quentin Williams is still the best, the team's best player. And he followed up his all pro season in 2022 with another outstanding season. Maybe did not post the sack numbers, but he was, if not every bit as disruptive, close to being as disruptive. But take a look at the Jets' roster right now. Take a look at who the Jets have under contract at the defensive tackle position beyond Quinn and Williams. There's not a whole lot. I mean, a lot of the guys who were their primary backups at the defensive tackle position last year are about to hit free agency. I'm talking about. Quentin Jefferson, talking about Al Woods, talking about Solomon Thomas. So the Jets need to address defensive tackle because they only have one defensive tackle who's gotten big snaps, you know, who's heading into the season under contract. Now, an argument can be made, well, John, the Jets could slide John Franklin Myers inside the defensive tackle. In fact, I know that's an argument can be, that could be made because I made that argument last year when the Jets let Sheldon Rankins leave. But the Jets really did not show much of an incl- inclination to play JFM inside. Last couple of years, JFM has been all. I mean, he's played a couple snaps at defensive tackle, but they've almost exclusively played him at the defensive end spot. And I think there's a reason for that. You know, if you're looking at like the second level of the defense, the Jets want speed at the linebacker position. So they go with smaller guys who can cover more ground. So that means you know, they're not the, the smaller guys aren't going to be as good at shedding blocks, which means that your defensive line has to keep them clean. The defensive line cannot allow linemen to get to this the offensive linemen to get to the second level. So you put, stick a bigger guy at defensive end like JFM. To prevent that from happening you get bigger on the defensive line because those guys eat up more blockers and they, they they kind of block the offensive lineman from getting to the second level and staying on your linebacker so i think the jets really do want to stick big at one of the two defensive end spots i would almost argue the jets have two different defensive end positions but that's neither here nor there we can talk about that on a different show what the jets do need to address is the defensive tackle spot and Quinton Jefferson actually had a pretty good season last year. Jets got him on a cheap one year deal, even though they added some void years to it for cap purposes and they kicked some of his 2023 cap hit to 2024. Quinton Jefferson had a good year. And I'm not super panicked about this. Now, I do think the Jets could stand to draft a player at defensive tackle. Now, relax before you're about to yell at me, before you're about to send, leave angry comments, before you're about to send me emails. I'm not necessarily saying the Jets should pick a defensive tackle at 10. But, you know, once we get past the first round, I don't think it'd be the worst investment in the world to go out and get another defensive tackle because you know, Jets play a four-man defensive line most of the time. And of course, if you're familiar with modern football, you know offenses have five offensive linemen. So it's typically five versus four, you know, unless you blitz, and the Jets blitz at a very low rate. So that means somebody's going to get double teamed on every play. And when it's five versus four, you know the offense does have a numbers advantage, which means somebody's getting double teamed. And that's somebody on most plays is Quinton Williams because Quinn and Williams is really good. So if you get a young defensive tackle with him to take some of the pressure off, you know, let him feast on the one-on-one matchups. Quinnen is going to let him get, you know, it's going to be helpful, and you know maybe he starts drawing some of those double teams, and then suddenly Quinnen's the guy getting one-on-ones, and it makes Quinnen's life easier. But if the Jets can't do that, and I think you know the third round might be a good spot for that guy, I have my eye on uh, probably a familiar name to you if you've been a Jets fan for the last fifteen years or so, sixteen years or so, uh, Chris Jenkins, uh, the son of. Chris Jenkins, who had a great 2008 season with the Jets, uh, kid out of Michigan, you know that's a guy I, I have my eye on. If he falls to the Jets' third-round pick, uh, you know he could be a, he could be an excellent fit. But if they can't do that, the one thing that's a benefit for the Jets is typically in the off season, the defensive tackle spot is one of those spots where you know sometimes the big the big names fly off the board, but there's always like a guy like in his 30s looking to extend his career for another year who's available for cheap. Uh, dollar contract. In fact, the Jets got a couple of those guys last year. They brought in Jefferson, who I mentioned, and Al Woods is a big space-eating nose tackle who unfortunately suffered a seasoning, season-ending injury relatively early in the campaign in 2023. So there are other options that just want to go at this in an inexpensive way, but, you know, you know, if you're, if you're an every day or you don't need me to tell you, I'm not a fan of the Jets continuing to add older players. I think the Jets need to add – Jets have a good young core, but they need to add to it. And I think last year they stopped adding to it. They started settling for older players. It is an option. Now, should the Jets bring back Quinton Jefferson? You know, a lot of people will say absolutely. And, you know, I have no problem with the Jets bringing back Quinton Jefferson – but the one thing I'll say is you know, what I just mentioned is that there's always like an older player near the end. If you, if you don't draft, if you aren't able to draft somebody, there's always like an older player available who's near the end of his career. And Quinton Jefferson was kind of that guy a year ago. And you know he posted a decent decent sack total. But I wonder, thinking this through, thinking back to the season Sheldon Rankin's had in 2022, is it that Quentin Jefferson was that good? Or was it just that like anybody who's like a halfway decent tackle is going to look good with the opportunities Quentin Williams provides. So while I, I have no issue bringing back Quentin Jefferson, if he comes cheap, I don't think he's the type of guy who, like, is a must-resign. I don't think he's the type of guy you give a big raise to. Because last year the Jets brought him in relatively cheaply, and he produced for them. And a lot of it, I think, has to do with the so the supporting cast on the defensive line, where Quentin, Quentin Jefferson was on a lesser defensive line, and you know faced more double teams, I think he'd struggle a little bit more. Next to Quinn and Williams, though, he's going to look good, but I think a lot of guys will look good. You know, other guys that could bring back, you know, I'm not a big Solomon Thomas guy. I keep seeing people talk about how Solomon Thomas had a good season. I don't know that I agree with that. Now he did post a couple sacks. He posted a couple disruptive plays. but so on a play to play basis, you know, he was washed out a lot. It was pretty bad against the run. I don't think he generated pressures that high of a clip. So you know, I'd like to see the Jets move on from Solomon Thomas. Now I know Robert Salah loves him, so I don't think they will, but it's a guy I'd like to see the Jets move on from. So, it's not necessarily the most dire need, but the Jets are going to need to sign people at the defensive tackle position. I'd like to see them, you know, if possible. I'd like to see them draft somebody. Now, I know draft picks are finite, so you know you also have to address the offense. You have to address, you know, trying and try and improve the talent base on the offensive line and receiving core. But I would not have an issue with the Jets, you know, maybe round three, even round four, looking to improve their de- get another young tackle in here. And you know, aside from that, you play the the veteran you play the veteran game and bring guys in who are near the end of their career and likely will come cheap. Now we've talked about who the holes the jets have at the front of their defense. There's also a pretty glaring hole at the back of their defense. As we continue on this uh, Tuesday edition of lockdown jets, we'll, we'll move our attention to the defensive backfield. Jets have a pretty important need of the position group there. And it's not corner. I guess you probably could have guessed that, but we'll go into more detail continuing this Tuesday edition of lockdown jets. Today's episode of Locked on Jets is brought to you by FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. Again, that's $150 if your bet wins. I don't know if you watched the NBA All-Star game the other night. Well, if you bet on FanDuel there, I certainly hope you picked the over because there was not a lot of defense in that game. But with the regular season winding down, teams playing for playoff positioning, teams trying to get out of the playoff, out of the play-in, group or teams trying to get into the play in group, the intensity is going to pick up and you can bet on all your favorite NBA players and, and teams on FanDuel with quick bets, live same game parlays and exclusive props and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. Again, this FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the NBA. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Tuesday. We're talking about Jets needs, but we're actually not talking about wide receiver or offensive line today. We're talking about some of the other needs the Jets have. There are some needs that fly under the radar. I don't think back of quarterbacks flowing under the radar, but I do think the Jets' lack of players at defensive tackle, I mean, it's not just lack of talent, it's a lack of players at defensive tackle is flowing under the radar. I think it's also worth noting the Jets are going to need to figure out something at the safety position because Jordan Whitehead's contract has voided, so he will hit the free agent market and... You know, I'm not sure how much I love the idea of bringing Whitehead back. You know, Whitehead's an interesting player because sometimes you see him make plays where he looks like he's worth every dollar, but then there are lots of bad plays where you know you you notice them a lot as well. And Whitehead's he's just very inconsistent. You know, he started the season with that three interception game against Buffalo. But then, as the season progressed, there were lots of missed tackles, lots of missed assignments, and that's just who he is. It's I think it's who he's been his whole career, even starting in Tampa Bay. It's who he was in twenty twenty two with the Jets, inconsistent safety. So he's likely to go. Tony Adams, another guy who I thought was very inconsistent. The Jets talked him up a lot last off season, but you know, very hit or miss. And you know, he almost reminded me of like the safety version of not last year's Quincy Williams, not the All Pro Quincy Williams. But the Quincy Williams of 2021-2022, where he was a big play waiting to happen. And sometimes that big play was good for the Jets, and sometimes that big play was good for the other team, because he was very aggressive, he made splash plays, but he also missed a lot of assignments. So Jets you know, could do a couple things at the safety position. And I do think it's important. I think we maybe understate the, the significance of safety, but it's not, when we talk about the positions that are toughest to fill in the NFL, safety is at the bottom of the list. It's near the bottom of the list. And the reason for that is very similar to what I said about the defensive tackle position in our second segment today. You know, defensive tackle, there's usually some guy in his 30s who's just hanging around as the draft comes around unsigned, just looking to extend his career, and usually still play at a pretty decent level. At the safety spot, it's not always an old guy. Sometimes it's a guy in his mid-20s, but the league just does not value safeties, probably to its own detriment at times. But there's always it always seems like there's a quality safety who's available for cheap, you know, even as we get like into like the summer, there's usually like one or two quality safeties who are available like after the draft, even in like June and July, as the offseason program winds up. So I'm not necessarily that worried about it. And we know the Jets—they're in a bit of a resource crunch this year. You know, this is not an off-season where the Jets are going entering with a ton of cap space or a ton of draft picks where they can easily address address all of their needs. So I think like the Jets—if if, if if I were the Jets, here's what I do. Number one is I'd resign Chuck Clark. Now you may be saying, "Who's Chuck Clark?" Very easy to forget. This was the first guy the Jets added last off season. They traded, I think it was a seventh round pick to Baltimore for Clark. And Clark, before you know, during the off season program or in that time frame, unfortunately suffered an injury that ended the season. Chuck Clark was a good player in Baltimore, and the fact the Ravens traded him was not at all reflective of, as, of his ability as a player. You know, Chuck Clark was a good player who just kind of got phased out because the Ravens had so much talent at the safety position, and you know if you were following the show last off season you know that i was not particularly enchanted with all the stuff the jets did in the 2023 off season. and to be fair a lot of the stuff they did in the most of the stuff they did in the 2023 off season failed that was like one of the trading for chuck clark they gave up i think it was a 7 for chuck clark that was like one of the few moves i thought was savvy a year ago and unfortunately it did not pan out because clark suffered a serious injury but that also means he's going to be cheap and he's a good player yeah so I think like this would be a really smart buy low option for the Jets and maybe get something out of you could try and get something out of that trade. you know, the other move you could make would be give Tony Adams more time. you know, I just mentioned that and maybe I'm giving the Jets too much credit here on this, but you know I, when I say Tony Adams was kind of like Quincy Williams in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two well that meant that you know, made a lot of big plays, but played out of control on, at times. But I remember I also remember the Jets kept telling us, the coaching staff kept saying, you know, sometimes it was it, it was on the record. Sometimes it was just stuff you'd hear from the beat writers. The Jets really believed Quincy Williams could be a pro bowler. And I remember scoffing at that notion at the time. Well, the Jets sure proved me right, proved me wrong, because Quincy Williams did turn into, he didn't make the pro bowl somehow, but he made the first team all pro, which is more prestigious this past season. So I sit th- I sit here and I remember what everything that happened with Quincy Williams. And I wonder, you know, can Tony Adams grow a little bit? You know, he's only in your he's only entering year three. There's time for him to improve as a player. Still a young guy who can it's not like he was a total catastrophe at the safety position last year. So maybe there's some improvement he can make. And that's a very cost effective option for a team that needs cost effective options this offseason because a lot of resources going into backup quarterback, a lot are going into the, the big two needs that we always talk about offensive line and wide receiver. And the third thing, and I I almost did not mention this. Because I don't view him as a safety anymore, but I know somebody who's going to mention this if I don't, you know, if you can bring Ashton Davis back for cheap, he thrived in that role the Jets put him in last year, which was almost like a linebacker role because he did not play deep that much. You know, when I think of a safety, I think of a guy who can play in the box and a guy who can play deep. Ashton Davis really struggled early in his career when the Jets asked him to play deep a lot. Last year, they played him really close to the line of scrimmage in the box, sometimes in the slot. Where he still has like linebacker assignments. But if you compare like what Ashton Davis's assignments were with what a linebacker's assignments were, even though the Jets listed him as a safety, he was really more of a de facto third linebacker, but he played the role very well. And, you know, I don't think his counting stats are going to be as great. I don't think he's going to post the same level of interceptions. You know, he forced some fumble, you know, forced some fumbles, some of which didn't stand up on reviews. But, um, I don't think he's as big, he probably won't make as many plays, but he handled that role very well a year ago. And he handles kind of like that Salah ideal of we're gonna play safeties at linebackers because again it makes us faster and we'll play bigger at defensive on the defensive line. We'll put JFM at defensive end because that allows us to be faster and smaller at the linebacker position. It allows our defensive ends will eat up the blocks and prevent those offensive linemen from getting to the second level, and it allows us to play a guy like Ashton Davis closer to the line of scrimmage is more of a linebacker role. So I think the Jets, there are ways for the Jets to manage the safety position cost effectively. I just think it's very logical, a very logical way to do it, because it's not a position where you necessarily need to pay a lot of money to get guys. It's kind of, you could argue, a market inefficiency in the NFL where teams don't value the safety position enough. It's something the Jets can take advantage of this offseason. And heaven knows they need cheap options. They need cheap ways to fill priority spots. And that's what, those are ways they can do it, at least at safety. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoyed the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you don't know miss an episode. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast, source, give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. Helps us out. Helps other Jets fans find the podcast. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. And send in your mailbag questions. Tomorrow is our Wednesday show. We'll have our weekly mailbag. Can't wait to answer your questions then.